Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we're helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all, or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can go to mynsc.org happenings. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout the week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? All right, let's get out your sermon notes. I, I, I'm gonna, this is really going to be more like a sermonette this morning. It's not going to be a, a, a full-fledged, uh, you know, what we normally do around here, because today we're going to end the, the service with communion together. We're going to come to the Lord's table together. And today the subject matter is, of course, we have reason to celebrate Jesus Christ. That's why we're here today. We're celebrating him. And in celebrating him, uh, one of the things that we're celebrating about the gift of Jesus is peace. And the question I have for you is, is there really peace on earth? And I, I want to share some scripture with you. Uh, in fact, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, there, there's going pe- 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 uh, to be a lot of people here today that your, your hopes are going to be crushed right from the get-go. You're like, oh, no, this is not what I came here for. I wanted some encouragement. It's going to come. It's going to come. But hang with me here because i got to give you these verses first for everybody who's wishing for peace on earth. Luke chapter 12, verse 51, Jesus himself speaking says, do you think that I came to bring peace on earth? No, he says. You're like, well, that's not good news at all. You know, we're going to get to that in a second. Do you think that I came to bring peace on earth? No, he said, in fact, I I tell you, it was actually division that's going to be happening on earth. So let me put this in context. What he's saying is the gospel message is so divisive you can see it in our culture today. It is the gospel message, Christianity is not bringing peace in our nation. Does anybody else realize that? It's not bringing peace. It's actually bringing division like I have never seen it before. Our nation is being divided and in some regards is already divided because of the message of Jesus Christ. And Jesus himself is the one that told us, do you think that I came to bring peace on earth? No, no, actually, it's going to be division. There's going to be a lot of conversations, and not all of them are going to bring unity and and peace and and, and goosebumps. Sometimes it's going to produce some division. In fact, he, he goes on to say this in John chapter 16, verse 33. Again, this is Jesus speaking. He said, I've told you these things so that in me you can have peace. But watch this. In this world, you're not going to have peace. In fact, you're going to have trouble. In this world, you're going to have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. He said, so you can experience peace, but it's not, going to be, it's not going to be peace on earth. Actually, it's going to be trouble on earth, but it's going to be peace in me. In me, you can experience peace. Now, I'm going to break this down for you in, in four different areas uh, in this world. What, what are we going to experience in this world? I'm going to give you four things that you I mean, guaranteed to experience in this world. When Jesus said, in this world, there's going to be trouble, let me tell you the four things, the the, the trouble that you're going to face or are facing or certainly have faced already. Number one, there's going to be unavoidable circumstances. I promise you, in your life, there's going to be unavoidable circumstances. And it's the question where a lot of you have asked that, and if you haven't asked it as of yet, you will at some point. And the question is this, what just happened? Have you ever been in a circumstance that, what just happened? Have you ever been in a car accident and said, whoa, what was that? What just happened? Unavoidable circumstance. Somebody gets sick, a bad diagnosis. What just happened? You know, somebody dies tragically. What just happened? It's a question 
that at some point, if you haven't asked it yet, you're going to ask it at some point because there are unavoidable circumstances. The second thing, there's going to be unbearable people. <laughs> Can I get an amen to that? <laughs> Don't poke your neighbor saying it's you. Don't do that. That's not, that's not Christmas-like, I'm going to tell you. Unbearable people. It, it's the question, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Unbearable people. I think all of us can go down a list, and we can give you a list of who we just, they, they are just, it's fingernails on the chalkboard when they're around. Just unbearable. Sometimes it's coworkers. Sometimes it's neighbors. Sometimes it's family members. Unbearable. Oh, they just drive me crazy. Who do they think they are? Unbearable people. And if you don't have anybody that comes to mind, you're probably the one who's unbearable to everybody else. Can I get an amen to that? Have you ever noticed that unbearable people don't know that they're unbearable? It's the craziest thing. The, the third thing, there's going to be unexplainable problems. And this is different from the unavoidable circumstances. The unexplainable problems is, why is this happening to me? I don't get it. I don't understand why this is happening to me. What have I done to deserve this? Something happens, and there's just no explanation, or it feels very undeserved. Like, I don't deserve for this to happen to me. In fact, they're, they're, I've had people come and say, Pastor, I just lost my job. Well, I'm so sorry. What happened? I don't even know. I, I, don't, I don't know. It, it doesn't make sense to me. It just, it just happened. It's just unexplained. And then the fourth one, this is, there's going to be some unplanned worry in your life. That worry is going to sneak up on you. And for all of the, the people out there who say, oh, we're not supposed to worry. You're right. We're not supposed to. But I promise you, every single one of us have. Every single one of us has had a worried thought. Worry just comes on us, and we're not meant to stay worried, but I promise you there is going to be some unplanned worry in your life. Now, we're going to fight it with faith, and we're going to be, become victorious. We're not going to live a worried life, and yet it still comes. And the question that, that is, how, how is this going to end? Like, when will this end? When is this going to I don't know how this is going to happen. It's that, it's that tragedy or that circumstance or that situation that you're in, and it just seems unending. I, I've, okay, so here's, here's a, a, a great one of this. Some, some people get in, in debt, and they just don't know how to get out of it. They are so overcome with debt. When, when is this going to end? It just feels like it's never going to end. And it's the worry that is produced in it. It's not only the worry of getting everything paid off, but thinking, I'm going to live like this for years? I don't want to do that. There's going to be trouble. Jesus said it himself, in this world, you will have trouble. In this world, there's going to be some unavoidable circumstances. There's going to be some unbearable people. There's going to be some unexplainable problems that you're going to face. And of course, there's going to be some unplanned worry. That the devil is just going to plant some seeds of fear in you and anxiety and stress. So my question to you is this, is it peace on earth or is it on earth peace? Is it peace on earth or is it on earth peace? And I'm going to show you something that one of the most famous portions of scripture when it comes to the Christmas story is definitely Luke chapter 2 starting in verse 8. That's where we're going to read right now. It says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will be great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior 
has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Can we, can we say amen to that? This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven. And watch this, everybody. You might want to underline it. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace. And on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Jesus says, Jesus says, in this world, on this earth, you're going to have trouble. But there is this thing that is it's not peace on earth, it's on earth peace. It's on earth peace. In fact, let me show you this in John chapter 14, verse 27. Again, Jesus himself speaking here. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift. It's peace of mind and peace of heart. And the peace that I give is a gift the world cannot give. The world can't give it. The world is not able to give you this gift of peace. So don't be troubled or afraid. Can I tell you, every single person who doesn't know Jesus and is looking for peace in the world, they will never find it. By Jesus' own words, he said, I'm going to give you a gift, and it is a gift that the world cannot give. The world can't give it. I'm going to ask you again, is there such a thing as peace on earth? Because we love to sing about it, don't we? Let there be peace on earth. We're like, oh, it's such a good song. I got goosebumps. Oh, yay. And Jesus says, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Well, that doesn't make sense. Those two don't go hand in hand. And what, what we're saying is, you're going to have trouble in this world, but you can have on earth peace in a world that doesn't offer you can still experience it, and it's in Christ. So I'm going to teach you today very quickly how to live in peace. Are you ready for this? How do you experience peace in your life? The first one is you have to receive God's pardon. Now, I'm going to come back to that in just a second because we need to, we need to kind of end there. We need, to start, we need to both start there and end there before we come to the Lord's table. So let's come back to that. So the second thing is, though, after we receive God's pardon, we have to run to God's presence. Now, I'm going to break this down to you a little bit, and, and I'm going to lengthen this just a little. This is something that if you're a member of Song, if you come here all the time, and that's most of you here in this room, that I, I am constantly teaching you to run to the presence of God. and I'm just constantly teaching that to you because it's so important. It's so important that you run to God first. The Bible says that we don't seek we don't seek out others first. We seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All of these things will be added unto us, right? That we are to love God first and most. So our first source of everything that we need is always God. He's always the first source. He's the one that we run to first. He's the, this is what it says in Isaiah chapter 26. And there's so many scriptures I could have used, but I love this verse in Isaiah 26.3. It says, this is about God. God will keep in perfect peace all who trust in him, all whose thoughts are fixed on him. So if you run to God's presence first and most, if your thoughts are fixated on him, if you are trusting him with all of your heart, if you're casting your cares on him and just running to the presence of God first and most, the Bible says he'll keep you in perfect peace. That's what he does. He'll keep you in perfect peace. 
And I've taught you this over and over again, and I want to say it again because we all need reminders. In this world, you will have trouble. Who are you going to run to first? So a lot of times we get in trouble, and our instinct is, i got to pick up my phone and call my wife. i got to call my husband. I'm in trouble. I've got to make a call. And can I tell you, there's nothing wrong with that if it happens second. But first, you need to run to God. So making a very quick phone call, very much in place. But can I tell you, it's always wise to whisper a prayer. Lord, help me. I need you right now. I need you right now. And then pick up your phone and call your spouse. And then pick up your phone and then call somebody. But make it a prayer first. Run to God's presence first. Run to him first every time. If you go to the doctor and you get a diagnosis and you immediately want to start calling people, to tell them what you're facing. Can I tell you, go to God first. I I know what it's like to carry stress. I know what it's like. And I could could break this down for you of what it's like to be a a senior pastor. I don't don't want to take the time because you're going to think that I'm complaining and I I absolutely love the call of God upon my life. So I I don't want to make it sound like I don't. But I'm going to tell you something. I know what stress is about. I, I, know what it, I know what it feels like to carry a load. And you don't know how many times that what I do is I come before the Lord. In fact, a lot, a lot of days during the week, it happens right there, right there, physically right there, where, where I come before the Lord and I start by worshiping him like I've taught you. I just worship him. And then I realize there's some things in me that need to be healed. Let me say it a different way. There's some sicknesses in me that need to be healed. And the Bible says that I cast my cares upon him because he cares for me. And so I take that stuff inside of me and I just lay it out there before him and say, here it is, God. I'm sick with these things. I'm sick with trouble and I'm sick with worry and I'm sick with stress and I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm not at peace and I'm giving these things to you. And then I give them to him. And of course, I pray for my family, for my wife and my children. And I've taught you all of that. And then I end by worshiping the Lord some more. And when I get up from my place of prayer, this is what happens. (sighs) Have you been there? How many have ever been there before? You, 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 I'm telling you, you run to God's presence. You take it to the Lord and you leave it with him. And when you get up, it's, oh, I can breathe again. Why? Because his word is so very, very clear. When you run to him, when you fix your thoughts on him, when you, when you make him first in your life and go to him first, he, he gives you a perfect peace that the world cannot give. And the more... I grow in Christ, and I still am, praise the Lord. The more I've learned, I just have to tell him everything. I have to pass it on to him. And then I don't take it back. Say, Lord, that's yours now. I've given it to you. I don't know what you're going to do, but it's going to be good. I don't know how you're going to answer, but I know it's going to be perfect because you're perfect in all of your ways. The Bible says that everything that is good and perfect comes down from the Father of lights. So Justin cannot produce things that are good and perfect, but my heavenly Father can. And so I'm going to leave it with him. And I'm going to walk away in praise to God saying, God, thank you that you answer. I'm I'm telling you, can I tell you what it is to live by faith? 
There are some times where you, you persistently pursue Christ. You persistently call upon the Lord. The, the Bible says we ask and keep asking. We seek and we keep seeking. We knock and we keep knocking. There are times for that. But there are other times where I just leave it before the Lord and I say, I'm done now. Because now it's in your hands. There are some things in my life that I don't have to pray about twice. I only have to pray about once. I've already given it to the Lord and now I'm walking away. And you say, well, how do I know the difference? I think the Holy Spirit will tell you. I think he'll let you know. How many knows that the, we are his sheep and the sheep hear, we hear his voice. Did you know that? And he'll tell you the times to keep praying. And he'll tell you the times, hey, I thought you let that go. You say, yes, Lord, I did leave that. I, I'm going to leave that with you. You see, am I helping anybody today? And the Holy Spirit will teach you how to do that. So you got to run to God's presence. you got to revere God's principles. Revere God's principles. Psalm 119, 165 Again, it's about the Lord. Those who love God's instructions have great peace and do not stumble. It's embarrassing to stumble, isn't it? Have you ever stumbled in public? So embarrassing. The first thing you do when you stumble in public is you, you look up and look around. I mean, you could be hurt, but you're going to see who saw. You know, like, you want to know who saw me do that. You might have a broken leg, and you're still looking at somebody else. Did they see? Did they see? I don't want them to see, but I need help. You know, it's embarrassing, right? One, one time I was leading a worship. I was worship pastor at, at, at a church. This is years ago now, more than two decades ago. And, and it, was a, it was a tall platform, and I was making my way up the, the steps, and, and Master's Commission was there that night. It was about 30 young people all being trained for ministry, and they were going to kind of take the service. And, and the leader of the Master's Commission, he, he called out, he, he said, PJ. And I, so I just turned around and talked to him for a second, answered his question. Well, I thought I was on the very top of the platform, but I wasn't. I, I'd made it to every, I'd, I'd made it up until the, to the top step, but I wasn't on top yet. So I turned, I turned around thinking I was on top, and guess what happens? Justin falls down. And not only, f I, I fell that way, y'all. So my big old rear end was facing the entire sanctuary. Everybody was staring at my rear end. And you think, that's not very pastoral. It, it didn't feel very pastoral either. <laughs> it was embarrassing. I remember the, master, the leader of the Master's Commission, somebody asked him, he said, did he do that on purpose? He said, oh, yeah, if you knew Justin, he's just joking around. I'm like, I love you, man, I love you. So it's totally, it's embarrassing when you stumble, and yet the Bible says that when you revere God's principles, when you, when you adhere to the instruction of the Lord, the word of the Lord, and cherish it in your heart and study it and put it into action, the Bible says it so clearly that you will have great peace and you won't embarrass yourself. You won't stumble. You won't stumble. Why? Because God's word is perfect wisdom. So if you live in wisdom, how are you going to stumble? If you consistently make good choices, how are you going to stumble? You're not going to embarrass yourself. Come on, somebody. we got to revere his principles. we got to know his word and live it out. And in doing so, it actually leads to number four. got to rely on God's promises. And this is something I've taught you over and over and over again, and I'm going to continue to do it. The promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. The Bible says in Hebrews that it is impossible for God to lie. So this is what it means. The Bible says it this way, that, that God is a very present help in times of trouble. Did you know that? And you know what that means? You know what that means? That when you're in trouble, he helps. Guaranteed. 
Guaranteed. It's a promise in his word. So if I'm in trouble, I don't have to sit back and wonder if he's going to help. I know he's going to help. I'm just going to wait on him to do it. Why? He's a very present help in times of trouble. I'm going to, I'm going to rely on the promises of God in my life. I'm going to trust him in all things at all times. So what are you going through? Get yourself a promise. Are you in need of, are, are you in need of healing? Get yourself a promise that God heals. Speak it, declare it, believe it, live it. And you're going you're gonna to experience the miraculous. Are you in need of provision? How many know we serve a great provider? He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Did you know that? So you need to get yourself some promises that God supplies all of my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. He supplies my needs. I got a need. He's going to supply it. He promised, and it's impossible for him to lie. Listen, everybody, I'm trying to build up your faith here because that's my calling. You know what? The Bible never calls you to doubt. And if, and if, I, if I was a, a pastor and I said, hey, guys, it's best just not to live by faith. Just go ahead and live by fear. Just go ahead and live by doubt. It's okay. You know what? I would be one of the worst pastors in America because that's not biblical. That's not what God has called me to do. He's called me to build you up in the faith. That's what the Word of God says, that we build one another up in the faith. We encourage each other in the faith. That's the calling upon my life. I'm not going to ask, I'm not going to tell you it's okay to doubt. Why? Because the Bible doesn't tell you it's okay to doubt. Did you know there's not one place in the Word of God that says it's okay to doubt? Not one place. In fact, over and over again, we read, why do you guys have such little faith? Come on, somebody. Is that the truth? It says we live by faith. We walk by faith. So what do we need to do with each other? We need to build each other up in the faith and say, hey, I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to work out. God's going to provide. God's going to heal. God's going to deliver. God's going to set you free. I don't know how. I don't know when, but I know God is good, and he's faithful to his word. It's impossible for him to lie, and this word says that he's going to do the miraculous. Can I get an amen, somebody? I'm telling you, we have reason to celebrate because when you don't feel like there's peace inside of you, you're a prayer away from the peace that only Jesus can give. And it's a peace that the world cannot give. Only he can. Now, I told you I was going to go back to number one, and, and I am, because we're going to come to the Lord's table now. We're going to receive communion together. And the Bible says of this, in, in the New Testament, when it talks about this moment of coming to the Lord's table, it says that if, if anybody just takes this moment flippantly, if we're, if we're so relaxed that there's not a, a respect of God, an awe of God, and if we're not truly followers of Christ, the Bible says this way, that we eat and drink judgment on ourselves. So therefore, it's good for us to, to, take, to take inventory of where we are in our relationship with Christ. It's good for us, to, it says it this way, to examine ourselves to make sure that we're in the Lord, to make sure that we're part of the family of God. It's good for us to examine ourselves. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm giving you an opportunity to examine yourselves and ask you this question, have you received God's pardon? Have you received God's pardon? Because I wouldn't want anybody coming to the Lord's table and, and taking the bread and the cup without being in a right relationship with our Heavenly Father through His Son, Jesus. So I'm going to ask you, 
Are you ready to celebrate Jesus Christ with the cup and the bread? Have you surrendered your life wholeheartedly to Christ Jesus? Because here's the truth of the matter. We have reason to celebrate. Every single one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's what the Bible says. Can I tell you something? You just you haven't made just mistakes in your life. You have sinned. You have sinned. Well, I'm, I made a mistake. I had 15 affairs. That's not a mistake. That's sin. Come on, somebody. It's, and, and when we start calling our sins just mistakes... Can I tell you, it takes away from the beauty of the gospel. See, see, it's when we come to our senses and we realize, no, I am a sinner in need of a savior. Your sins have separated you from God. But God in his mercy and his grace and his love and his compassion, he sent his son born of a virgin, living a sinless life life, and then on the cross, the Bible says that he bore the sins of the world. He took the the sins of the world upon himself, and he paid the penalty of our sins. Again, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Like, like the, the ultimate result of sinning against God is death, so somebody has to die. And Jesus said, I'll die for them, so they won't have to. I'll take, upon, I'll take the sins upon the world, the sins of the world upon myself, and I'll bear the weight of it, and I'll die. So they don't have to. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him, put their trust in him, would experience eternal life, John 3.16 says. Now, now we're going to go back to Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Meaning this, it's, it's never been your goodness that could make a way for you to go, go to heaven. The Bible says that your righteousness is like filthy rags compared to the righteousness of God. On your best day, you are not righteous enough to go to heaven. So in our sin, we realize that we've been separated from God. We deserve the penalty of our sin. And yet, because of the work of Jesus Christ, his birth, anybody who believes in Jesus puts their trust in Jesus. The Bible says that they have been saved from the penalty of their sin. They have been saved by grace through faith, not of works, because you could never be good enough to earn your way to heaven. You would have to be perfect. And let's face it, you're not. And I'm not either. But God made a way. For anybody to say, I have come to my senses, I am a sinner in need of a Savior, and I'm trusting wholeheartedly, not in my works, but in the work of Jesus Christ, I believe in his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, that he paid the penalty for my sins so that I wouldn't have to. So today I'm trusting in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. I'm not going to trust in Justin. 
I'm going to trust in Jesus. And the Bible says that every single person who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Every single one. So who does he save? Every single person who calls upon him. Every single one. John 6, 37, you've heard me quote it so many times. Is Jesus speaking? And he says, all those the Father gives to me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Jesus said, I'll never drive you away if you come to me. If you ask for forgiveness, he always says yes. Always. Isn't that amazing? And I'm going to ask you, have you asked for forgiveness? Have you surrendered your life to Jesus, trusting in him alone for salvation? And I'm gonna give you the opportunity to do that right here, right now. And this is not a moment that's gonna embarrass you. I'm gonna be honest with you. When you come to Christ, it is not magic words that you say. There are no magic words. It is a heart of repentance that says, Father, I am a sinner in need of a savior. I repent of my sins. My sins have separated me from you and I don't wanna live that life anymore. I wanna be who you've called me to be. I wanna live a life of surrender. The Bible says when you do that, he saves you. So it's not this magic prayer that you pray. It's a heart decision that you make. It's a heart decision. So your, your words may be, Lord, save me. And he says, okay. And some of you may be raised in church. You're like, well, hey, I know how this goes. Dear Jesus, come into my life, forgive me. I don't, I don't care how you word it. It's not a matter of your words. It's a matter of your heart. Now, this is a moment between you and God. You will have to go public when you get, when you get water baptized. And that'll happen in a few weeks. You'll have a chance. That's when you go public. That's when you'll announce to everybody, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I have been made new. The old is gone. The new is coming. I want the world to know. That's when you go public. But today's not that day. Today's the day where you just say, Pastor Justin, it's me. I'm praying that prayer. Would you bow your heads with me? Again, I want you to examine yourself. Are you in Christ? Have you surrendered your life to Christ? And if you haven't, I want to tell you there's no better day than today. And you can experience peace that passes understanding. You'll be made right with God through Jesus Christ. And we're, all we're going to do is just pray. I'm not going to embarrass you. This is just going to be a prayer that we're all going to pray. And then you'll go public when you get baptized in a few weeks. With nobody looking around, I'm going to ask a question. Are you ready to surrender your life to Christ? Have you trusted wholeheartedly in Christ for salvation? And if not, but you're ready to, I want you to slip up your hand really high. Let me see who you are. Let's go ahead and do that. Raise your hands if you want to accept Christ today. All right, so, so proud of you. You can put your hands down. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Okay. All right, again, it's not a matter of magic words, but I'm going to pray a prayer. And however you want to pray it, you can pray it. But it goes something like this. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I have sinned and fallen short of your glory, I have messed up. I have rebelled against you. I've sinned against you. And I realize that I'm not good enough to earn my, my way into heaven. So in this day, I am relying wholeheartedly 
on the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, who was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died upon the cross bearing the sins of the world and being raised to new life three days later. I don't put my trust in my works. I put my trust in the work of Jesus Christ on the cross and in resurrection power. I don't put my trust in my goodness. I put my trust in the goodness of my Savior, Jesus Christ. And I call upon you the best way I know how, the only way I know how. I call upon you for salvation. Now, according to your word, Lord, it says that if anybody calls upon you, we confess our sins. You're faithful and just to forgive us, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I want to say thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for, for accepting me. And I'm asking that you help me live a life of surrender, true surrender to you to turn my back on the things of this world and sinful things that have kept me from you and to search for you and seek you and serve you all of my days. I want to love you first and most. And I'm asking for your help to do that because I can't do that on my own. I need you. Holy Spirit, I need you to help me live the life that I'm called to live in Christ Jesus. So thank you for saving me. Thank you for new life in Christ. I give you praise. You get all the glory in Jesus' name. Can we put our hands together and just thank the Lord for, for the change that he's made? As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life. And we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org contact. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones who God is using to make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Thank you for watching. We hope you tune in next week.